This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Back at it again with another shade of blue. My name is Cody Bradley. I've got Thad Bell and Robert Russert here with me as always. We are SB Nations, the Blue Testament. And if you are still confused, we've got the answer. Joining us on the show tonight is former Sporting Kansas City player and current Color Vision, Color Vision, Television Color Analyst, <laughs> Jake Peterson. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? I like Color Vision. That sounds good. My, I, I save time. I'm very efficient in my intros. It's like CinemaScope for the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, hey, thanks for joining us, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Right I've been trying to do this for like six months now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really good at returning uh, texts and phone calls, <laughs> as you found out, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> strength it worked line. out. It well, it's out. almost like we're in the middle of a pandemic and the soccer seasons. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've got everyone's got some questions they want to ask you, uh, but let's just I, w- I would like to get your thoughts on the current state of Sporting Kansas City. The, the team is maybe not where they were thought to be at it after a hot start to the season. So just uh, what do you think of this, the squad right now? Yeah, dude, it's, it's weird because this season is unlike any other. I mean, obviously with the pandemic and shaking everything up, but I, I've never seen, I mean, really with the, with the exception of Columbus, almost every team is going through these ups and downs and especially the West. I mean, you could say Seattle's maybe kind of found a, a groove, um, but man, the West every is crazy team right is now. just up and down and, Right now, sporting is in that down cycle. Um, it's one of those things. I don't think necessarily the play has been bad, uh, especially maybe that first half against Orlando wasn't wasn't great. Um, but the play's been okay. It's just the the goal scoring right now. It's kind of flashing back to you know 2014, 2015 mm-hmm. sporting when uh, I missed a bunch of those chances. I'm sure. Uh, so it's the current <laughs> roster. Like, Take your responsibility, Jake. All right. <laughs> but with the current roster, you wouldn't think that there are a lot of good players, good finishers, good attackers. Um, and for whatever reason, it's just uh, it, they're not quite putting it all together on, on the attacking end, even though I think the play's been okay. So I would say overall, 
I mean, they're still sitting good right now. I mean, in the table. And like I said, I just think everybody in the league's been up and down that it's really hard to say that, you know, this is the clear favorite, especially in the West. And, you know, maybe you'd have the the bottom feeders, but man, it's tough on the players and teams, I think, as, as we've seen to really put together a consistent run run and be consistent with just the way that the season's been so far. Yeah. Do you think that has a lot to do with consistent lineup, you know, injuries, Polito, uh, Ilya being out, Roger? Yes. Uh, I think um, obviously without Allen, he's, I mean, I've said it a bunch on broadcasts, but when I watch him and break down his film and it's not just his scoring and in the box, it's what he does for possession with the team and, um, him and Gotti had a real good relationship going and whether it was Kyrie who can, you know, when, when Allen checks back into the midfield and you have, you know, Kyrie or Johnny running in behind it, it was just like a well-oiled machine already, which is kind of crazy considering they haven't had a whole lot of practice time and everything together and losing him obviously hurts. Um, but then you bring in, you know, Gerso and move Kari up there. So you still have the players. Um, but I do think losing Roger is a big one as well. Um, even though I think that Felipe Hernandez has done a, a pretty decent job in there. There's just, there's, there's nobody like Roger. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty decent is sure, but pretty decent is not Roger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just that bite that Roger has, right. It's like that, uh, that presence on the field, when things aren't going well and you need a, a spark, you need somebody to get stuck in or, you know, make a, a hard run to the corner or whatever. Rogers always kind of been that guy and without him. And then without Allen, I think it's kind of, um, and then the injuries, the inconsistent lineups. Yeah. I mean, I think all of the above really have kind of factored into why no team and sporting in that group has really been consistent yet. It is crazy in the West right now from top to bottom is only 10 points difference. And San Jose, which has been terrible, is only four points out of a playoff spot. Makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And the other side is really pretty much in the same boat. And, and two, like we don't really know who the good teams are, who the best teams are, because your, your teams are still playing in your region for the most part. Like, you know, Sporting's had one kind of right. crossover game, but like, who really knows? Like we don't really know. <laughs> it's just such a weird season that it's hard to really pinpoint to one thing because it's all just crazy. The, crazy. Yeah, the, will be interesting. the weird travel too. I mean, like teams are not coming in the night before or they're flying in the day of the game and that's adding a little weirdness to how they approach things too. Yeah. It's, I, I can't imagine. And I mean, it's one of those things I talk to guys, but you still don't even, I can't even really imagine dealing with everything that they're going through and still trying to put in good performances. And I mean, every team's dealing with it. So every team's having to, to, to deal with the same problems, but it, it's certainly a, a tough one to find any consistency. I think it's a good time to have the question you mentioned to me uh, before we started here. Uh, well, uh, you mentioned the first half against Orlando was not the best. And there's been a couple other games where there's been maybe not the, they didn't start off really as well as they wanted to. You may have been in there in the past when uh, a half didn't go right in the first 
can you talk us through like what a halftime's like with uh you know because i know the fans imagine peter comes in and just yells at everybody but <laughs> can, can you give any enlightenment in that without giving away any secret sauce or too much info yeah i mean <laughs> sometimes it's peter's the uh he, he should have a psychology major on the side because he is all about, uh, you know, getting into the team's head, you know, finding out what's, what's going to work. Um, but sometimes when, and I don't know how this talk was, but sometimes when you're playing terrible, people come in there and, Hey, it's not that bad, you know, kind of be that positive, the reverse psychology thing, giving guys confidence and, and all that. Or sometimes when you're playing well, he comes in there, you know, and, and just lights everybody up. So it's hard to really know. Um, <laughs> he's good at picking, you know, the moments on, all right, this is the time where we need to, you know, get into the guys and let them know that they're not playing well. Um, or, you know, all right, let's give them some confidence. We'll back off. Um, but I think a lot of that too is if the team's playing decent soccer, let's say, and they're just, you know, the, the final pass is off or your technique's off then it's all right guys it's more that positive talk i think but if it's guys aren't the work ethic isn't there right and they're just losing second balls and kind of those staples that pv has always had uh in his teams then it's more of you need to kick in the ass let's go guys like we're not going to get outworked this game you know the second half or whatever and that orlando game they just i mean the team was was not good um that wasn't they, they didn't have the intensity. They didn't, they didn't play like the home team, which is, you know, uncommon, um, yeah. especially recently. But uh, so I would assume that that talk was a pretty aggressive, let's, let's get this going guys and, and pick it up and to their credit, they did, but you know, that that's just another game where they fall behind early. And I mean, it's tough when teams bunker in and, and you don't have your, you know, your marquee number nine available to you, really, even though he came in in that Orlando game. It's, you know, it's different than when he's starting and, and fully fit and everything. So tactically, then, does the pregame plan that you go over during the week in training hold true, or is there often adjustments made at halftime, or are those adjustments fairly rare? Do you stay consistent with the plan? The, the thing that I found after playing – a few teams before here and then uh, Atlanta after here is that they're Peter and Carrie and Z and the coaching staff, they are the most prepared group of coaches that I've ever played with. And it's really not close. The, the amount uh, Ashley Wallace does the video and, and prep and it's really not close to how well they're prepared and how they get guys to, um, or they, how they relay that information to the guys. All right, this is our game plan. And I mean, not to say that it works every time because, you know, it doesn't, but the preparation level is, it, I really can't say that enough, just how that was, much further uh, along they are. That, that, was, that was echoed in Bob's article that he just wrote. That, that Ilya was kind of saying that exact same thing. You know, it was, he had, he started out with Luis Enrique and was kind of on a search for, a uh, coach and a and a staff that were like that until he found Vermees. So, yeah, I mean it's true. So I think then going in there, they already know kind of what adjustments maybe that you would have to make depending. And 
obviously Orlando game they they didn't play you know their starter all their starters um, right so that might have there needed to be probably some adjustments on that front but I mean it's, they usually know what's going to work and if it doesn't work then they you know have those kind of pre-planned adjustments if you will kind of going in the game and I mean they'll adapt obviously because they're good coaches and good coaches do but um, the the preparation and the amount that they know is is just I think it's unequaled uh, in MLS. Probably Cody's uh, turn now, but by the way, Jake, Cody will be sending you a six pack of hams as a reward for appearing with us. Just so you know. Well, I can't do that because actually, one of the things I did discover in my research today was that you are a lover of beer. You're a big beer guy. I do like beer? Yes. Yeah, like craft beer kind of thing. You know, I, I, honestly, I can do anything. Um, it doesn't matter. I can do a a PBR or I can do you know some uh, Kalamazoo stout from Bell's Brewery, you know, it doesn't, right. I Bell's really Brewery. can do anything. So I just like beer. I'm a beer guy. I, I have coasters from Bell's Brewery. There we go. I, I do have a, I have a question about the current team more so than I do have ones about your former playing career. I, I have ones I want to ask about that. Now we'll do that for the second half, but you know, away from the broadcast, I'm wondering if you could, you know, maybe share some critical thoughts on maybe is there is there a player that you are are disappointed in this year that you feel like hasn't stepped up the way that that they were needed to or expected um let's see i know i mean there's guys like you know like luis martins has a lot of fans that are upset i you know i actually am kind of a fan of his but it just seems like they're you know they're the the rotating of the back line we can't really seem to find something that that sticks and just seems like we've seen a couple disappointing performances and I wanted to get your thoughts on that from yeah. a former player. I mean, you mentioned Luis. I think he's had some good games, especially before uh, the break. I thought he was, yeah. I mean, that, that feels like seven years ago now. Oh, I know. Um, but I actually think Amadou D has come in there and done pretty well. But if I look at the team, I think the the one thing, which I'm sure a lot of you guys feel as well is just, getting the right center back pairing and figuring that out because it's been just so erratic. And I mean, a team with, to me, with Tim Melia and goal and to not have, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, a consistent amount of shutouts or consistently, you know, keeping a, a zero or one goal or whatever. I think that that's a big problem is, do you think two center backs? Do you think there are two center backs that have claimed that role? Well, um, I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, I think that's kind of why they have been rotating. I mean, I I will always play Matt Beasler because I think Matt Beasler is one of the best players that I've ever played with. But I think he's injured now, or obviously came off that last game and. Mm -hmm. Uh, when when you're dealing with injuries as he has been, um, I'm sure he's he's not going to complain or say it. But if he's had injuries and he's dealing with those, and you're never you know fully comfortable or fit, then obviously that affects performances. But um, I thought when Matt's been in there, I don't think you know that Orlando game wasn't the best between him and uh, Puncic, I would say. But up until that point, I thought they had a decent relationship. But I think it's just the, the rotation. I think that's what the coaching staff is trying to find. They're trying to find, all right, what works best? You know, is it, 
Is it going to be Robbie back there with uh, Winston Reed coming in? You know, he's had a couple good games, and then obviously he gets injured again. So I, I think if I look at it critically and what I expect, I think that that just finding and arriving on who are going to be those two center backs, mm-hmm. because you have to have consistency there if you want to be good and, and challenge for a championship. Not only they've not been consistent, but it seems like when they have a good game, they don't have a second good game. It, it's It's been kind of weird like that this year. It's just not been – even if the pairing works really well in one game, it doesn't necessarily work the next time that they're out there together. That's – you absolutely nailed it right there because it's just <laughs> up and down. And the Well, Thad got something there. right, so we're going to go to break on that one. That being right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be, we'll be right back. When it's a football night, when it's a football night, we can gather all the friends all around the tomb. That's not about a thing to do. When it's a football night, when it's a football night, when the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, you know we're gonna feel alright. Alright, we're back. Now, we've talked about sporting Kansas City. Currently, I would like to get some thoughts on Jake the player and his past career. I learned a lot about you today, man. Now, I knew on the field, one of my favorite things about you as a player was your defense of your teammates. Kyrie has taken over that role now. He's he's our best almost fighter. But if if there was someone on the other team that made you mad, the, the camera, you couldn't hear it, but you could just see just every obscenity flying out of your mouth at, the, at these <laughs> other players. And I love that about you. And I also heard you had, there were a couple times on the training ground, you might've been in a few tussles and was one time in front of victory project children. Did that happen? <laughs> that may have happened. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. That may have happened. Yeah. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little a feisty in training. Fighter, right? That's, yeah, al- the almost pushing, fights. That's what I call almost it. fights, yep. Yeah. Exactly what they were. So yeah. a little feisty in training, huh? I feel like you need that, though. I feel like that's – if, if your team's not getting into a few, you know, scuffles in a season, then I don't think you have any shot to win anything because that's – you know, if you, if you don't make trainings as hard or harder than a game, then, I mean, you're not going to be ready for – an actual game and as cliche as it is like I mean I, I stick by that on teams that that actually care and you know those training sessions get intense or the are the better teams that, that I've been on okay so be, be real with me here a, a trialist pissed you off in training and you got and you gave him the business and then turned around and somebody was like yo there are kids here chill out well, yes, um, to some level, yeah. Um, I didn't care for a few uh, tackles and then a, an elbow. And uh, I'm a trialist. Come on, that can't happen. Yeah, and uh, I'm not proud of it. I'm not happy. But as I was uh, on top of him, uh, I think in a, oh. some sort of chokehold-ish, uh, I look up and there is a, a group of children on the sidelines looking up at me. And, uh, <laughs> Needless to say, I helped him up. I uh, tried to play it off, but uh, there you go. You taught the children what you're supposed to do in a in a tough situation. You, re- yeah, you I, I, I regret that there were kids that close. Uh, 
Did, did you try to play it off like I was saving him from choking or anything? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I was better off. I don't know. So I've got another one. So earlier you were you're a little self-deprecating humor about you missing goals, but I remembered today you are the 2016 goal of the year recipient for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I think they just kind of felt bad for me. I finally <laughs> scored some goals, so they were like, all right, sure. <laughs> I looked at it. It was it was a howler. I think that was a slow year for sporting. Not a lot of goals. The goals went down that year. I think that was when they – was that when they traded Dwyer? Yeah, uh, I think Don the goals still were – there. That, oh, okay. That, uh, I mean, it was, it was a good goal. It was probably my best goal of my career, which doesn't say much because I didn't score. I wasn't capable of scoring great goals. Um, yeah. Well, didn't but, you have – how about against Toronto? What about oh, your I game like against, Toronto. against Toronto? I did like scoring against Toronto. Uh, I like beating Toronto more, though. Just, uh, I mean, I they they are a good organization, but I just hated my time up there. I love the city. I love visiting Toronto. It was just a terrible place to play and <laughs> a terrible situation when I were there. I mean, we were so we were terrible there, and it just wasn't enjoyable at all. Yeah. Okay. And also another another goal, another goal in your career that I want to talk about was in 2017, you cost Sporting Kansas City a a home playoff game and a better seed in the playoffs with a goal while you were with Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I would like to say I am sorry, but I'm not at all. Uh, I was was really happy. Um, I, I mean, obviously I still... To me, and I've said it over and over on the broadcast, there's nothing like playing against your former team. I mean, I, I love sporting when I was here. I love the city of Kansas City. I love the people of Kansas City. But no matter what, playing against your former team, it's just, I mean, there is something more there. And anybody that says that there's not, they're just lying. Because there is more motivation. You care more. You could leave on the best terms, and you still want to score against them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good feeling and I, I was glad then to have a couple of beers with Tim after the game and rub it in a little bit. And I got to score on him because I never score on him in training. So I finally <laughs> got to score on him. Um, but also, I mean, I, I would never celebrate against a, a club and a, and a team and a fan base who, who mean, who meant even at that time so much to me. Yeah, you didn't celebrate when you scored on sporting, but you did celebrate when you scored on Toronto. Yes, there are differences. I'm not, it's to me, it's not a blanket. You can't celebrate against your former team. It's do you, Seems you is respect. there any connection to this team? Do you care about yeah. you know the people and the city? And if you do, then for me, I, I don't think you should celebrate. But if you don't, like I, I don't against Toronto. I mean, I think I scored up there. Um, we were down a man. I think I scored late, right in front of their supporters and. I was running over there. I think it was Dom, might have been SUNY, but they had to put their uh, hand over my mouth so I couldn't yell at the supporters what I was trying to yell at them. (laughs) I appreciate that from those guys. Very nice. So you mentioned the Atlanta phenomenon. Uh, Do you think that can happen again, Austin, St. Louis, or Miami, for that matter, any of the new clubs that are coming in? Is that going to happen again? No. I mean, that was – I'm still shocked, honestly, at how when it when they awarded the the team to Atlanta, I think I was kind of like a lot of people. Like, soccer doesn't work in the South. Atlanta's not a good sports town. Like, all the factors were kind of going against Atlanta United being a success and being there. I mean, it was incredible to see just the 
I mean, buzz around the city and the expansion team, the fact that they were, we were good. They had, you know, a lot of uh, exciting attacking players and they, I don't think a team, I mean, LAFC kind of, um, right. You know, they kind of did it. Um, but to have the off field success and then on field success, like Atlanta did, I mean, that's, it's tough to do and it might seem easy because I mean LAFC did it right away but man I don't know if you're going to get that that one-two punch really for a while especially as the league gets better and better too Atlanta just nailed everything from ownership groups to coaches even though I did not love Tata Martino very much um, he could really dive into that uh, South American um, lifestyle and culture and bring a lot of good players who otherwise wouldn't have come to MLS. Um, but it, it was just kind of that perfect storm with Atlanta to make everything kind of pop off. And obviously they've been successful uh, in their relatively short future or uh, short history. Did you once get a red card for yelling bad call from the bench? Dude, that's good. That's good work right there. Um, yeah, that's my what only red card in my career. Um, there are a lot of refs that I would say that have a, have a bone to pick with Sporting Kansas City, seemingly. So I'm very curious as to what ref did this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even remember it, but um, it was in Montreal. Of course, it had to be in Canada. And it had to be in Montreal, <laughs> which is my least favorite city to go to. Um, the fact that we played one year a 4th of July game in Montreal was maybe the worst day um, that I've ever been. Just why on earth would you play a 4th of July game in Montreal? I make Canada <laughs> play each other that day. That's a good it question. Ridiculous. Um, a very good question. But, yeah, it was in Montreal. I got subbed off in like the, I don't know, 80th minute or something. So at least my red card did not happen when I was on the field and hurt the team. But <laughs> I, uh, I think it was Kai that got – fouled uh they didn't call it and then kai was called for a foul and i think i yelled like it's the same thing or it's the same something and the ref apparently thought he heard something different and um <laughs> gave me red i went into the referee's locker room afterwards and i was like i did not like what do you think i said to you that earned that deserved a red card and uh he stood by a story and said, that's what you said. That's what you said. I was, I couldn't believe it. I said, I mean, I've said some things that I probably should have gotten red guarded for in the past. <laughs> and this one was not one at all. So it's kind of a, one of those like bizarre moments. I couldn't believe that it actually happened. Um, I called my buddy who was working in the disciplinary committee uh, at the league office. And I was like, dude, help me out here. And there were no field mics or anything that picked it up. <laughs> yeah, my one and only red card was. Oh, that was it? Oh, you didn't even earn it. No, I didn't earn it. I know. September, <laughs> September of 2012. That's when it was. Nice. Long time ago. All right, guys. I promised we would keep it fairly short here. You got anyone final thoughts here? Final questions for Jake? No, I'm just curious, Jake. Uh, broadcasting career everything you thought it would be do you have ambitions to be a taylor twelman or a uh you know um Stuart holden or anything like that i think you have to be a little bit better of a player to make it to, <laughs> to the national tv games um i don't know if i i'd meet that mold, uh, that mold. but no I, honestly i i've enjoyed it but like i said this 2020 has been so 
weird and just so, uh, I mean, for me trying to learn this stuff on the fly and try to get better at it and, and, you know, get as many reps as I can to figure out if, you know, this is something I, I want to do, you know, for the future. I know, I still don't know because it's, it's just been stop, start. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm fortunate to have Nate, Katie and Carter, Augustine, um, Brad Martell, producer who are helping me out guys who I knew before, obviously, but you know, are, are holding my hand and you know, making sure I have my training wheels on as I'm figuring all this stuff out. Uh, well, I've, like I've been impressed. My, I've been impressed. Sound like you've been doing it for a long time. I appreciate it. I still catch myself like saying stuff and like, what did I just say? Like, I've never used those words before. Why did I just say that now? You know, there's, there's were they like good? That. That's the question. Were they good? <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, staying, staying in the game, which I've missed yeah. since I, I've been out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be a, a long-term thing or, or what, but um, it's fine. I'll tell you what, games are a lot better and a lot easier to call when sporting win. And that's, that's true. what I tell all the guys, just win for me, please. <laughs> well, hey, Jake, a good gauge of your popularity may be the fact that we have Ali Trost as our guest later this week. We'll see which pod gets more views. We'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I'd listen to Allie, too. She's good. Well, we, we bumped her to have you on. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining. I, I think sporting is very lucky to have you in that booth there. Everyone has very high opinions of you. Everyone I talk to, very smart and, and, and nice guy all around. So I, I think the fans are lucky to have your insights and, and the career you've had with that perspective. So we're lucky. We, we enjoy it. And thank you very much for joining tonight. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. You'll get your check in the mail, too. Thank you for the nice words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Testament KC and join us at bluetestament.com and leave us a comment. And we'll talk to you later this week. Go sporting! Anything to shake this, but I'm